Hi guys, welcome to the Colorful Plates podcast, your weekly source for what's happening in the produce and food service world. I hope you all had a great weekend. We'll start out as always with our market reports. This week, Liz chatted with Chef Adam Evans, the new executive chef and owner of Automatic Seafood and Oysters, who is part of one of the hottest food scenes in the country right now in Birmingham, Alabama. We also hear from Mike Moreno from Proact, or Berry Sourcing Specialist. As with all of our chef features, be sure to tune in Thursday to hear Chef Adam's full interview. Let's start with our market reports. Green beans are in season. Unfortunately, poor growing conditions along the East Coast continue to tighten up supplies of green beans. Pricing is higher than normal and quality is fair. A good alternative could be asparagus as quality is good coming out of Mexico and Peru. Green and red grapes are in full swing. Mexico and Coachella are in full production. Try adding grapes to your pasta salad or broccoli salad. If you want to get crazy, try adding a grape relish on top of your grilled steak. Limit yourselves with pina coladas and pineapple salsa because pineapple supplies will continue to be light through mid-September, which is typical for this time of year due to a condition called naturally differentiated flowering, or NDF. NDF occurs when weather patterns of low light or cool temperatures trigger ethylene product of the pineapple plant, leading to a disrupted supply of fruit and lower yields per acre. Look to other tropical fruits to take pineapple's place for the time being. I told you I want to keep you guys in the know about avocados, and they continue to struggle. Harvesting has been strong in California, but with so much pressure on California fruit, the season will end sooner than projected. That pressure comes from a lack of fruit out of Mexico. This industry is definitely in a demand-exceeds-supply situation. The only relief in sight is that some growers have been authorized to begin harvesting the flora loca crop, but very few are able to do so. Peruvian fruit has provided relief for both east and west. We'll continue to keep you updated on the avocado situation, but try to avoid them for now. Next week, our avocado and melon specialist from Proact, Mike Magania, will be in to chat with us, so stay tuned. That's all we have for market reports this week. Remember to subscribe on Proact's website to get the source in your inbox as soon as it is released each Wednesday. Liz spoke with Chef Adam Evans from Automatic Seafood and Oysters in Birmingham, Alabama. Adam touches on his relationship with a local spear fisherman, his hopes for industry-wide humane fish harvesting practices, and an ancient Japanese fishing method. One thing I am super excited about right now is uh, I have found a local guy who, um, actually one of my chef friends um, that has a restaurant down the street called Batola, he mm-hmm. he kind of pointed me in this direction of this spear fisherman who uh, is taking trips down to the Gulf every weekend. He owns a dive shop just a mile down the road from my restaurant, and he goes and spearfishes and comes back with this amazing product that um, it kind of blew my mind when I first, you know, when I bought the first round of fish from him. First of all, he's diving sometimes down to, you know, 200 feet to get certain fish and the variety and what he sees. And it's kind of, it's kind of a open-ended and the more time I spend with him uh, and I tell him, you know, I don't want to just serve grouper and snapper. And he said, well, it's what everybody wants. And I was like, well, you know, keep me in mind when you see a cobia and an amberjack and this and that. And so it's been fun to kind of be able to ask someone to fisheries, kind of like a farmer that would plant vegetables just for you. But, right. you know, talking about the quality of the fish when I butcher, you know, we, we get in, um, most every fish that comes through the door is whole fish and, uh, it's usually gutted and scaled 
probably half of it is scaled. All of it is pretty much gutted except for the, the spearfish fish and some of the, um, some of the guys that I work with directly when they're unloading boats. I've got a really cool connection. He'll send me just whole fish and how they are. And that's, that's really what I want. But what, but when I open up those fish and start butchering them, the, the difference is kind of night and day between the flesh of a spear caught or a headshot, you know, instant killed fish rather than a, you know, pulling up a long line with uh, a fish who struggles for 10 minutes and then suffocates on the, on the deck of the boat. Right. There, there's a huge difference in the quality of meat. And it's really fascinating to see that and to understand that. You know, this fish is, is stressed and it's um, releasing this acid and it's, and it's kind of cooking itself from the inside out. And Right, um, yeah. And it's, it's something that I don't think a lot of people think about. And if you look at, you know, old Japanese methods of the way they harvest fish and uh, they'll actually use a tool that they'll puncture their brain cavity and run it down the spine to paralyze it. And that oh stops the... Um, that stops the, you know, once they catch the fish, they'll bring it in and do that. And it, and it paralyzes the fish and it's a very, and then they'll cut it and bleed it. And that's a very humane way of doing it, I think, because the fish doesn't struggle anymore. And, it, and it's, mm-hmm. it's meat and what we're killing it for can be, the quality can be maximized. So I think it's a fascinating thing. Something that I look forward to um, highlighting on the menu as far as, and we already are selling a crudo with the, the headshot fish, but trying to get more of a steady product of that. And, you know, one day, hopefully that's how all my fish will come in, or maybe they're farmed in a very sustainable way. It's very interesting to see the quality of the meat. And you know, once the uh, lactic acid builds up in a fish and the longer you fight it, when it's being harvested, the, the muscles get tighter. Yeah. And it, and it becomes, um, there's a point where it becomes kind of irreversible when it, once it stresses mm. so much. That's what actually kills it. The stress kills it. And it kind right. Of, and it's evident when you see the way they're harvested. And so I'm looking forward to getting, br- being able to bring that and maybe people to understand that a little more, to be uh, more humane with the way they harvest fish. And it's not this, you know, long line drag. You, you're not dragging nets and there's a there's a better way to harvest fish and I, i'm trying to get to the bottom of it we're just starting but that's a whole nother chapter and it's exciting yeah that is super exciting it's funny you bring up like sustainably sourced and humanely sourced um seafood because i work on the sustainability arm at proact so we're with greener fields together mm-hmm. so we work with local farms and we work with national farms and distributors and you know we get mm-hmm. these local farms audited and our distributors have local programs. So it's kind of cool. I'm really interested in sustainability and my interests are all over the place and I'm always willing to learn about new stuff. So I'm definitely, um, definitely going to look into that Japanese method you, uh, you mentioned, cause that's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's, it, it is sense. wild. It's called Ikejimi. I-K-E-J-I-M-E. Ikejimi. Thank you, Adam, for your forward thinking and appreciation for sustainably sourced produce and seafood. Check out Adam's full interview this Thursday. He dives into his use of fresh produce, advice for chefs looking to open their own restaurant, and being part of the Birmingham food scene. I also spoke with Mike Moreno, ProAct sourcing specialist for berries. Let's hear what he has to say about berries, many people's favorite fruit. So Mike, how did you get into produce and find your way to ProAct as a sourcing specialist? 
Well, coming from the Salinas Valley, being born and raised here, um, my first job in 1973, I was 15 years old. I uh, went to work for my brother in a carrot ranch moving sprinkler pipe. So after doing that for a couple of summers and realizing that that manual labor really was not the route I wanted to go, um, I did it in the summer as a summer job. And then uh, gradually when I came back, I started to working in the coolers, driving forklifts and loading trucks. Then after college, I ended up going into sales for uh, for a company out of Salinas, Boscovich Farms, and worked there for several years and kind of worked my way up the salary chain and, and hit a few other uh, few other uh, people. And and uh, I began working here uh, on 1126 um, of this year. So or of last year, excuse me. So that's kind of where I come from. I was in sales with a with a uh, grower shipper for you know most of my career, and then I moved on to the other side in the buying. So kind of a natural progression. Nice. And you enjoy working with berries, which is your main commodity, and you just work with berries, right? I'm exclusively working with berries right now, although I did acquire another commodity of carrots. Um, berries are particularly challenging because it's not just strawberries. It's blackberries, blueberries, raspberries. They all have their different tendencies to grow during different seasons and different temperatures affect them all differently. So it's a constant uh, it's a constant struggle to t- stay on top of what's going to happen um, and what is happening with them quality-wise, quantity-wise, all of that kind of thing. Awesome. And which suppliers do you primarily work with? Well, the the big suppliers that we primarily work with are Driscoll's, Nature Ripe, Success Valley, um, A&W, Colleen Berries, and a few other ones, but those are our main suppliers. Awesome. And last time we spoke with you in February, the wet winter was really putting a damper on strawberries and product was suffering because of it. But this spring, I had some really exceptional fruit, um, especially strawberries. So kind of what's going on with strawberries and other berries right now? Well, I'd like to step back a couple of uh, weeks back because basically we had a very, very bizarre May. The early part of May, we had a low pressure front off the coast, which was bringing in most of the weather that was normally go up to the Pacific Northwest. So we were getting colder, wet weather throughout that season, and that was followed up by excessively hot days. And it affected the quality, and it is just now, they're just now starting to pick up the pace as far as the quality on the berries. So... I know we source berries domestically, but we also get some berries from Mexico. Where are we sourcing berries from right now? Berries right now are exclusively coming out of California when you're speaking about strawberries. We've got three locations going right now, Salinas Valley, uh, Watsonville, and you also have Santa Maria Valley down south. And do you foresee any big changes in the coming months with berries? No, it should be fairly steady go. Um, I'm anticipating that we should have good quality coming up. Um, as far as some of the mixed berries, there are little changes going on. We have a, a Central Valley uh, growing season for the blueberries that is just ending here in, a, in the next couple of weeks, starting to lighten up. People are anticipating the Northwest uh, blueberry um, season to start. So, you know, they're moving around from, from area to area, and, um, you know, there, there might be some minor planting gaps, but uh, we should be good to go. That's good to hear because berries are one of my favorite things to eat in the summertime. Um, And I know there's a lot of ways to use berries, but my mind goes to eating them straight out of the clamshell or using them in a pie. Um, Do you know of any inventive ways chefs can use berries? Yeah, I do. I actually, I like to cook, as you already know. And um, berries, my favorite is cream brulee with, with fresh berries on the top of it, little whipped cream. Um, either that or if you, you feel adventurous, you can go ahead and start making your own syrups and jams and jellies um, for pancakes, um, crepes, um, and it's so much better than the bottled store-bought stuff. You can even infuse them with alcohol, you know, it, and let's make it interesting in a crepe with, yeah. with some ricotta cheese, a little sugar, 
and you've got like a, a cheese blend with fresh berries on it. So there's lots of different options. That's all for this week's episode. Thank you, Mike, for speaking with us about all things berries. And thank you, Chef Adam, for taking the time to speak with us. Be sure to tune in Thursday for his full interview. If you haven't already, go give Colorful Plates a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for recipes and more. Have a fantastic week and have a safe and fun 4th of July. Please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And as always, stay fresh.